Welcome everyone to the Ove Torah slash Harlebanon Daf Yomi Shiur. Today's Shiur is Daf Kuf Chaf Bet. However, we are starting on Daf Kuf Chaf Aleph Amud Aleph. Mishnah, first Mishnah. Says the Mishnah, Nochri Sheba Lechabot, En Omrim Lochabet, Ve'al Tichbet. Let's say there's a fire, and a Jew is not allowed to put it out. Like we said before, this is talking about cases where safety is not an issue. It's just a monetary loss. And a goy comes, and he wants to put out the fire. You can't tell him, please put it out. And you can't tell him, don't, you don't have to tell him, don't put it out. You can allow him to put it out. Because your halachot of Shabbat is not on the goy, and therefore if he puts it out, that is his business. But if you have a kid under bar mitzvah coming to put out the fire, and Shomimlo, you do not listen to him, and we do not allow him to put out the fire, because it's our job to make sure that he keeps Shabbat. Okay. So, let's see what's going on. Amar of Ami of Ami says, when it comes to a fire like this, the rabbis allowed the Jew to mention to a goy, anyone who puts out my fire will not lose out. This means like this. In the olden days when there was no set fire department, or even nowadays in deal where there's a set fire department, and they don't do much. So uh, a person was really kind of on his own for putting out a fire. Now, if a fire comes out in a house, a Jewish house, the Jew going neighbor might come and say, why should I get involved? But if the Jew mentions any goy who puts out my fire, anyone who puts out my fire will not lose out. He is hinting to the fact that he's willing to reimburse someone for putting out his fire. And that is allowed, it seems, over here. So this is, looks like a step up from the Mishnah. In the Mishnah, we said that you should not, you're not, you don't have to stop him. But it didn't mention anything about hinting of remuneration. Says the Gemara, let's assume that we have a brighter that will, that will assist Rav Ami, which will bring proof to his statement that you're allowed to say that, that a person who puts out the fire will not lose out. It says that if a goy comes, in our Mishnah we said that if a goy comes to put out the fire, you don't say put it out and don't put it out. Because it's, it's not your job to make sure they keep Shabbat. It says, When it says, it says you can't tell them to put it out implying that it is okay to tell him that anyone who puts it out does not lose. Putting it out, if you tell the guy the words, quotes, put it out, that's a command. But when you say, anyone who puts it out will not lose, that's not a command, that's a statement of fact. And that statement of fact should be allowed. And we want to assume that since the mission is telling you that you cannot say put it out, the implication is that anything less than put it out including anyone who puts it out doesn't lose, should be okay. 
says the Gemara, no. Aim a seifa. Look at the seifa of the same Mishnah. It says, Altichabelomin. It says, you can't say, don't put it out. I'm sorry. You don't have to say, don't put it out. But, which implies when it says you can't say don't put it out, you don't have to say it could have said a bigger chidush, it could have told us that it could have told us that we could have said we could have said that anyone who puts it out doesn't lose and that would have been a bigger chidush of course we know you don't tell him to stop we can even uh, encourage him Ema. So the Gemara says, Ela meha Rather, we can't bring a proof either way from our Mishnah. So we have a story coming up. Tan Rabbanan. There was a guy called Yosef Besimai, and a fire broke out in his place, again with no with no second on the in a place called Shihain. Ubao on Gistera. And the people from the Romans came, Shilzipori of the neighboring town of Tsipori, the Chabot, they had heard about the fire and they came to put out the fire. Because this guy was, had an official capacity working for the king. And this uh, Jewish person, who was a loyal Jew, did not allow the Roman soldiers to put it out because of Kavot Shabbat. And a miracle happened, and rain came and put out the fire. on He sent every one of the soldiers to Selaz as a reward for coming, and he sent the officer 50 Sela. Thanks for coming, even though I didn't use you. I'm sure that must have had a nice, nice effect. And when the rabbis heard about this, Amru, they said, He did not have to stop them, because the Mishnah says in our Mishnah, This guy wasn't aware of the Mishnah. Okay, so we are now at the two dots towards the bottom of the page. Aval katan shibar lechavot and shomino alehem. We said that if a kid comes to put out the fire, we don't listen to him because it's our job to keep make sure that the kid starts keeping shabbat. Smart mine katan ochel nevot betimitzuim alav lafisho. It sounds like from our Mishnah that if a, if a person sees a kid eating a Big Mac, Betin has to stop him from eating the Big Mac. That's what it sounds like. Now, there was a machloket about whether or not a person has to stop a kid from doing an Avedah. If the kid's under 13, maybe you don't have to stop him. So this seems like from our Mishnah proof, the fact that we don't let the kid put out the fire if an 11-year-old comes with a fire extinguisher, we have to stop him from doing that. It sounds like if we stop him from, stop from breaking Shabbat, we should have to stop him from any Avedah. 
The Mishnahs, you know. Really, you don't have to stop a kid. If you see a kid doing an Avedah, it's not your kid, it's not your problem. But the father has the Chiyuv of Hainuch. And therefore, our Mishnah was talking about a kid whose father had sent his 11-year-old kid to put out the fire, and that's why we don't let him. So if that's true, Imara says, well, the Mishnah was contrasting the case of the Katan to the case of the Goy. So if you're telling me that the Katan case was when the father sent the kid, so then the Goy case has to be also when the Goy sent the kid. And if so, it's not allowed either. Why would we allow the Goy case? Imara says, no. The Goy is doing it on his own. Even though he knows the Jew wants it, he's doing it for his for himself. But when it comes to the kid, the kid's really doing it for his father, and therefore it's different. an important torso over here discussing what age katan we're talking about. I recommend taking a look at it for those who have the time to. Let's continue on to the Mishnah. Says the Mishnah, We are allowed to put a tray over a lamp in order that it sh- the, the, the fire of the lamp shouldn't, uh, uh, shouldn't be able to catch flame to the beam of the house and cause the house to go on fire. Well, I guess once the Mishnah before was discussing putting out fires, we were discussing now fire prevention. Um, now, once we're talking about covering flames, you're also allowed to cover um, a child who had who went to the bathroom. If a, a kid goes to the bathroom outside, interesting, happens to be this happened to my grandson just today. Hashem, uh, you know, they always say that the daf is connected to the current events. The current events in the Haber household included one of these instances today where a grandson decided that the outside was a very fine place for him because he couldn't get to the toilet. Um, so we're saying if that happens on Shabbat and there's no one to clean it up, normally uh, number two of a kid would be Mukseh. This was not Shabbat Baruch Hashem, so it's already been cleaned up. No, no one has to worry about coming to the Haber house. Everything is fine. Um, but this is on Shabbat, so if there's no one to clean it up, you're allowed to cover it with something so it doesn't smell. And you could cover a scorpion, Shaloti Shach, that it shouldn't bite. This also happened. We found a snake in the backyard the other day. Amar Rabbi Yehuda, Ma'aseh Ba'alifnei Rabban Yochan Ben Zakai Ba'erev Ve'amad one time, a story happened when a guy killed a scorpion on Shabbat. And Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai said, my assumption is not only did he do Isur de Rabbanan, he might have even done Isur de Oraita, because just killing a scorpion, if it's not running, of course, if the scorpion's running after you to bite you, you could step on it, of course, because... That would be second the Pashot. But if you if the scorpion is not bothering anyone, Rabbi Yochaman Zakai held that killing it could be Chayav Khatar possibly. We're gonna see this in the Gemara. Says the Gemara. 
רבי יהודה ורבי ימיה בר אבא ורבי חנן בר רבא, כאילו רבי אבון תמין נשיקה לרבי יהודה. רבי ימיה בר אבא. So these rabbis came to the house of Abin of Neshika, to these rabbis, right? And Aitilu Puriata, they brought him places to sleep. The Rav Chanan Barava, but they didn't bring Rav Chanan Barava a place to sleep. They put him on the ground. Ashkeche, he saw this guy called Abin teaching his son the, a rule of the Mishnah. And the rule of the Mishnah was, so this Rav Hanan Barava, who didn't have a place to sleep, saw the owner of the house, this guy Abin, teaching his son the Mishnah that we just learned. That you're allowed to move the, 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 the number two of a kid because we don't want another kid, the reason why you're allowed to put, cover it is because we don't want a kid to play with it on Shabbat and get dirty. If it's sitting on the floor, the kid will get dirty, and then you don't want a kid smelling like number two the whole day. So therefore, you're allowed to cover it so the kid doesn't get to it. Amalei, Rav Hanana told the, the, the owner of the house, Abin This foolish Abin is teaching his son nonsense. Now Rashi says that he called him a fool because he put him on the ground. It seems like the other two rabbis were known as greater rabbis. And when the other rabbis came, he gave them beds. And they didn't give him a bed. And he thought that the reason why he didn't get a bed was because uh, they didn't hold he was chashuv. In truth, they didn't give him a bed because they didn't have one. So therefore, he's talking sharply to him. He's, he's talking about what the kid guy is teaching. He says, the actual taking out of the the number two of the of the the number two of the kid is mukhen al-klavin. It's edible to dogs. Dogs can eat it. And therefore, since it's edible to dogs, it should be muksa. And therefore, you wouldn't need to cover it with a keli. You should be able to actually get rid of it yourself. Maybe you'll tell me no, it is muksa. Because we know that anything that wasn't available from the day before, from Friday, is mukseh. It's not true. Vatanya, Rav Hanan says, it says, It says, if you have a spring or a river, where the water in the river that you're getting today is not, wasn't there two days ago, it's been running. The river runs, and therefore the water on Shabbat afternoon is not the water that was there before. You might say, oh, the water is mukseh. And we say, no, it's not mukseh. So the same way that's not mukseh, neither is this number two of the, of the baby. So you should be able to move it yourself. Why are you saying that you have to cover it with a keli? So he says, what do you want me to teach him? The Mishnah says you could cover it. So he tells him, no, don't teach it that it's talking about the number two of a person. Because the number two of a person, you're allowed to move. Explain it, that it's talking about covering 
chicken number two, because chicken number two is not fit for feeding um, animals, and therefore it has no purpose in that you have to cover. Ask the Gemara, the typical David Graf Shilvei. Why can't I move it anyway? Because there's a special rule called Graf Shilvei. If something is disgusting in the house, you should be allowed to move it because it's Eid for Shabbat. So why can't we move it for that reason? Says the Gemara, Maybe you'll tell me that the only way you're allowed to move a Graf Shilvei is if you move it on a tray. Because if you're moving a tray, it'll really let you move the Graf Shilvei. And you can't move it without it. I'll show you that that's not true. There was a story of a mouse. She was found in the Bissamim area of Rav Ashi. They told her, grab it by the tail and throw it out. So you see that a graf shalrei, a disgusting thing, can be thrown out when you touch it itself. So why shouldn't you be able to throw out this so'ah, even if it's from a tiny gall? Mara says, oh, we're talking about ba'ashba. We're talking about if it's in a garbage dump. So now, if it's in a garbage dump, it's not in front of you, and therefore you're not allowed to move for the Graf Shalvei, and that's why you have to cover it with a, you have to cover it with a keli, like the Mishnah says. Why is your kid in the, in the garbage dump? Somebody says, no, we're talking about, you're right, it's talking about if it's in a, the kid is in a chaser in a courtyard. So if it's in a courtyard, then why can't I move it back back to the same question? I should be able to employ the Graf Shel Ray law, the disgusting item law, and be able to carry it out because of Graf Shel Ray. Says the Gemara, We're talking about a garbage dump in a chatzer. And if you have a garbage dump in a chatzer, that's why you can't move a Graf Shel Ray, you have to cover it with something. Says the Gemara, we learned in the Mishnah, you're allowed to cover a scorpion so it does not bite you. Rabbi Yeshua Levi says you could kill anything that could kill a person is allowed to be destroyed on Shabbat. Mati Rabbi has a question. It says in a brighter, Chamisha Nehergin, you're allowed to kill only five types of things on Shabbat. Elohen Zivu, Shabbat Mitzrayim, a fly in Egypt, Sida, a mosquito, Shabbat from Nineveh, a crab, a scorpion in the Chadyab place, Nechash, and a snake in Israel, the Kelev Shoteh, and a mad dog in any place. Mani, who is the author of this Mishnah? If it's Rabbi Yehuda who holds Melachashin who is Asur, you should be Chayav Chatat. Right? And therefore, you shouldn't, if you're Chayav Chatat, why should you be allowed to kill these animals? We're assuming at this point, we're assuming at this point that the animal's not actually killing anybody. The animal is just there and you're allowed to kill it. So we, we we understand that you could be allowed to kill it if it's a sword there if it's a sword the Rabbanan. But if it's a sword the Oraita, why should you be allowed to kill it according to Buddha? So Ella Rabbi Shimon. So if it's Rabbi Shimon, 
who says that melacha she'en tzricha legufa is patur, and here it's a melacha she'en tzricha legufa because you're not killing these fly because you want the skin, which is the normal melacha of shechita that was done in the Beit Hamikdash. We used to shecht an animal because we want the, either the skin for the for the for the curtains, or we want the the the, the animal, the meat for a korban. But it's not the normal way to shecht an animal in order the animal should be dead. That's the melacha she'en tzichukopat. So Rabbi Shimon would say you're patur. If so, why only these five? You should be able to kill more, even more than that. Anything that could be a bothersome, you should be allowed to kill if it's only the Rabbanan. Simar explains, Maybe the Brita, which says only five, is a messed up Brita, and really you're allowed to do anything, and it's really going like Shimon. Amar Yosef, he says, I agree with the Mishnah, and it really is only five. And I can explain it. I asked the question, and I, I, I answered it. How did I answer? I said, The Mishnah is talking about when the animals are chasing after you, and it's going even according to Yudah, who says in Doraita, these five animals are the animals that when they're chasing you, it's dangerous, and you're allowed to kill them. Says the Gemara, Tani Tana Kame Diraba Barabuna, the the Amora who was called a Tana, whose job it was to quote the Mishnah, the Brightot, said a certain Brighta in front of Rabba Barabuna. A person who kills a snake or a scorpion on Shabbat, the Hasidim are not happy with him. So the Tana is saying that a person who kills a, a snake on Shabbat, the Hasidim won't be happy. Amar so Rav responded, very interesting uh, response. He says, V'otan Hasidim, those Hasidim who are not happy, the rabbis aren't happy with those Hasidim. Which means that you are supposed to kill these people. And the rabbis are unhappy with the Hasidim saying that you're not supposed to. Upligid Ravuna. And Rava, who said that you're supposed to kill, is Argon Ravuna. Ravuna Chazilahu Gavra He saw a guy killing a dangerous mosquito on Shabbat. He said, Did you kill all the mosquitoes? Meaning, you think you're going to save the world by killing all the mosquitoes when you kill one mosquito? Leave it. You have to leave it there and don't say anything. So you see that Rav Huna and Rava are disagreeing on killing these animals that are not chasing you on Shabbat. Tanu Rabbanan. We learned in a brighter. The person finds snakes and scorpions. Hargan, if he was able to kill them, we know that these were put in front of you from Hashem, that you should kill them. So Hashem is giving you the zikhut to be able to get a, to save people's lives and if you're able to kill them. Lohargan, if you were not able to kill them, that means that Hashem really sent them to kill you. And Hashem made a miracle of you. 
and that it didn't kill you, and therefore you should do teshuvah. So if you see it and it didn't kill you, do teshuvah. If you see it and you killed it, pat yourself on the back and know that you have a zechut. Amar Ula, this is only when the when you can only assume that Hashem's angry at you when they about to attack you. But if you didn't see that, it's not necessarily a sign that you were supposed to get killed. Okay. One time a snake was in the shul or in the bit midrash, and a certain guy called Nevati from his town came to kill it. Amar Rebbe Rebbe says, Pagabo Kiyotebo. Rebbe, who saw it happen, Rebbe was there, he says, Look, this guy met his match. He met his equal. Ibailahu, the people weren't sure what Rebbe meant. Pagabo Kiyotebo, the Shapira, maybe he did the right thing, meaning, the snake, which is a quick attacker, found that even a quicker human to kill the snake, and therefore he's praising the human that he did the right thing. Or, look, or maybe he's saying, oh, you're a snake, and you're a loser, and why'd you kill the animal? So we're trying to bring a proof whether he was positive or negative, because the word that he said was murky. It wasn't clear when he says he found his equal whether it was positive or negative. Tashma, let's bring a proof whether it was positive or negative. They were sitting in a room. And they heard the story and they asked Rabbi Can you kill a snake on Shabbat? He told them, if I kill a mosquito, which is less deadly, of course, you could kill a snake. Now, when we're talking about mosquito, of course, I told you it was a dangerous type of mosquito. I'm assuming a malaria full one. Ask the Gemara. Dilma Lefitumo. Maybe Urbianai only said that he killed it by accident. Doesn't mean that you're allowed to kill them. Dama Bihuda. It says that if a person sees uh, spit on the ground, you're allowed to step on it if it's in your way, and you don't have to walk around it. Even though in stepping on it, you're going to smooth out the spit, which should be noreach. Still, you're allowed to do it because you're allowed, we're not going to stop you from walking on your way, and you're, and you're not doing a deodaita. It's only midrabana, and it's okay. Rav Sheshat said also, If you're not trying to kill the Nahash and it's in your way, you're allowed to step on it also. And therefore, the rabbis are only letting this if you're not trying to do it. How do you know that when Rabbi says you're allowed to kill him, maybe it doesn't mean you're killing them on purpose? Says the Yomara. Abba Mamata, there was a guy called Abba Mamata, to Abba Barnumi, who was also Abba Barnumi. He borrowed money from the Resh Kiluta, which is a Jewish king type of person. I the, the his 
henchmen brought this Abba Barmata to Kamatzarle, and they're pressuring him to repay the loan. Havashadi Roka, at the time when they were pressuring him, there was spit on the ground. He said, bring the, the Resh Kiluta, who was a religious guy, said we should, there's a spit on the floor, it doesn't belong in my palace. Bring a keli and cover it because it's Shabbat. Now, why on Shabbat are they pressuring this guy to pay? I don't know. Okay. Yeah. So, Amalahu, so Abraham and Yuna told the Resh Kiluta servants, Lord Rihu, you don't have to bring a uh Kaylee to cover it. Haki Amr Bihuda Rok no solitita more, because Bihuda claims that you're allowed to step on rock if it's not your intention to get rid of it. And therefore, you can leave it there and you can have a guy pass over it and then it, it, he'll step on it below below the cover now, it'll be okay. So the the Reshkuta realized. That Avraham and Yumi was a rabbi, and he didn't want to bother him, and therefore he let him out. Now, the reason why they let him out, even though he didn't pay yet, is because the money that he was supposed to pay was money that was there to taxes for guarding the city. And Al-Akhan Shukhanuk says that rabbis don't pay taxes for guarding the city because the Torah that they learn is actually guarding the city, and therefore they're exempt from those types of taxes, even though they do pay taxes for roads and water and other things like that, but personal protection taxes, they're patur, because learning Torah protects the city. And that's why when he found out that he was a rabbi, he said, oh, he's a rabbi, he really doesn't have to pay this debt, and he got out of it. I'm assuming that the guy didn't want to take the tax deduction and he didn't want to use, Abraham Newman didn't want to use his uh, uh, Tamid Chacham status to get out of anything.